Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Shumka, co-writer and co-producer of This Sounds Serious. I want to tell you about a new show I'm producing that is out this week. It's called Let's Make a Sci-Fi, and it's from Kelly and Kelly, the team that brought you This Sounds Serious, along with CBC Podcasts. It's an eight-part docuseries about three comedians trying to write a legitimate science fiction TV show. It stars Mark Chavez, who co-wrote This Sounds Serious, along with Ryan Beal and Maddie Kelly, both of whom appeared in This Sounds Serious. They're going to try to overcome their comedy instincts and write an earnest sci-fi show. When they run into trouble, they get help from Hollywood pros like Neil deGrasse Tyson, District 9 director Neil Blomkamp, and Rain Wilson from The Office. And in the final episode, professional actors will read their final script, for better or worse. The series launches this week, but we thought we'd hand-deliver you the first episode right here in this feed. If you like it, search Let's Make a Sci-Fi in your preferred podcast player. Subscribe, and you'll be able to listen to episode two right away. Okay, here is episode one of Let's Make a Sci-Fi. On the Emerald Isle of Gunti, a desolate swamp world controlled by a malicious hive of bees, Kyuku, a tiny girl, Tufito, finds a canister of anti-bee spray, the last one in existence. <laughs> what you're hearing is a TV writer's room. Three comedy writers are pitching ideas. So the asteroid hits the moon and it destroys the moon. Now, it doesn't destroy the planet. It just like creates a ring of like debris around the planet. The wobble of the Earth goes wonky. Tides are no more. We don't have a moon. Um. <laughs> but the goal isn't to make each other laugh. It's a world, not too distant future, where a company, a corporation has genetically engineered crabs to be bigger. Uh, about the size of German shepherds. <laughs> We're trying to come up with a science fiction idea. A real, earnest idea. It's hard to do, because we're trying to make something like this. Space. The final frontier. But right now we're pitching ideas like this. Samoth never got over the loss of his high school girlfriend, who was killed by wild space horses mere days before their graduation ceremony. The thing is, none of us have ever written science fiction. Frankly, none of us have ever really written anything that wasn't a comedy. You, you, you had me and lost me at space horses. 
That changes now. Over the next eight episodes, you're going to be a fly on the wall as we go from a blank slate to a fully realized science fiction TV pilot script. You'll hear us through the highs. We loved it. The lows. I think this is the part of the writing process where doubt starts to creep in. And the nonsense. How about Klong? No, no Klong. And when we need help, we'll talk to some serious experts in science fiction. My name is Neil Blomkamp. Hi, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. My name is Jose Molina. And I've been working on screenplays for about 20 years. Wow, a personal definition of science fiction. That's tough. The writer can make any decision, and I'll find a way to make it work. As we try to realize our vision. It's Let's Make a Sci-Fi. Okay, so who am I? My name is Ryan Beal. I'm a working actor in Vancouver, B.C., also called Hollywood North, but not by anyone cool. You might have seen me in various things. For a couple years, I played the assistant manager in a series of A&W commercials. Welcome to A&W. What can I get for you today? Or you might have heard my voice on My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. I mean, what about your party planner friend? Um, Sprinkle Pie. She could have turned this into a real house party. Am I right? So you might be asking yourself, who cares? Why are you doing this? Ultimately, we're doing this because we think it's a funny idea. Comedians trying to take themselves seriously and write a sci-fi script. It's funny. It's one of the hardest genres to pull off and the easiest to make fun of. You know, ray guns and spaceships and aliens. And also, I love it. I've always been obsessed with it. I grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and I actually spent a summer in high school trying to sync up Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon with 2001 A Space Odyssey. Doesn't work, but what a movie, what an album, what a summer. I also love the Dune novels by Frank Herbert, and for one of my early 2020 quarantine projects, I recorded myself reading them and then released them online, chapter by chapter. Now. There was a man who appreciated the power of bravura. Even in death, the Reverend Mother thought. Until I realized this may not be legal. I've always thought my obsession with sci-fi meant I'd be destined to make my own. But I never have. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a sci-fi boom happening right now. Foundation, The Expanse, Star Trek Discovery, Raised by Wolves, Cowboy Bebop, Lovecraft Country, Orphan Black, Snowpiercer, like 29 Star Wars things. I could go on. It's happening, and I don't want to miss out. But if I want to be a part of it, I can't possibly do it alone. So I've assembled a little writer's room. I'm Mark Chavez. I am a uh, writer, actor, comedian. Mark's being modest. He's one half of the internationally lauded comedy duo called The Pajama Men. Looking for fun for one? Try the boomerang, the lonely man's frisbee. (laughs) I'm Maddie Kelly. I'm a stand-up comedian and writer. Maddie's also being a bit modest. She's one of the best joke writers I know. She's a touring comic who has performed at the Just for Laughs Festival, and she's only 25. We were uh, we were together for, for three years, and um, I had to tell my grandma that we broke up, and I don't think people break up for the same reasons as they did in, like, the 40s. 
because I was like, oh, Grandma, me and Chris broke up. And she said, oh, was he a bad dancer? <laughs> They're both comedians with a love of science fiction burning under the surface. Okay, I like Doctor Who, and I like Firefly. I like, I like sci-fi with just quirky, eccentric hot guys. <laughs> I like uh, Arthur C. Clarke. I like Isaac Asimov. So I like... Um, sci-fi with uninteresting, unhot guys. Um. (laughs) Writing good TV is really hard, no matter the genre. Teams of people can spend years of their lives creating the shows we love. And the three of us nobodies are going to try to write the pilot episode of a new show in a few weeks. Are we arrogant? Well, we'd have to be a little arrogant to even think we can do this. But we know we're going to fail. And we're going to fail a lot. That's what the creative process is all about. You throw stuff against the wall, you see what sticks, and you try to fix what doesn't. This is also a podcast about learning. We're all going to learn stuff together. We're going to talk to writers, producers, actors, scientists, anyone who could possibly help us along the way. And that starts right now. On this first episode, here's what's going to happen. The three of us are going to pitch each other a bunch of ideas and pick the one we're going to write. But before we pitch, we wanted to talk to someone who has adapted projects and come up with their own original ideas. I'm Jem Garrard. I'm a writer, director and producer in Vancouver. Jem is a friend of mine. They're the showrunner of Sci-Fi Channel's Vagrant Queen, which they adapted from a comic book series. You are the last of a royal bloodline. We cannot let the monarchy die out. Do you not hear the crazy? They also created Android Employed, a mockumentary about robots in the workplace, which is their original idea. Socially adaptable worker bots have been launched nationwide. Damn greasy rust buckets taking our Jim, you're our first interview, so this is the first Whoa. one we've done. So no get ready for some clunky transitions. <laughs> Work out all those kinks. Yes, yeah. exactly. But we're so- we asked Jem what it's like starting from scratch. Have you ever had a, you've, you've, you've participated in the process like that before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm working on a couple of originals now and they are really hard. It's very different than a, adapting a, a book or a comic because it could be... It could be anything and you make a decision, you have to stick to it. But then there's always a nagging thought in your head of like, but was that the right decision? (laughs) You know, what if it's this instead? Or what if it's this? And those thoughts never end. So at a certain point, you have to tell that part of your brain to shut up and commit to what you've, (laughs) you know, what you've decided to move ahead with. And since our first challenge is to come up with a good idea, we also wanted to know how one even recognizes a good idea. Yeah, well, ideas honestly uh, come from anywhere, and uh, I'll I'll jot down all these ideas, but I don't really start working on them until I can find like a hook, until I find something that's unique about it, and that usually comes when I figure out who the protagonist is and what their journey is and why and why it's different because it's you know it's it's pretty impossible now to come up with something that a version of it hasn't already been done, right? And so I think for me, the the unique way in is through the characters. And so I, I, I spend a lot of time on, on them. And then if I can find their journey, then I know it's an idea worth exploring further. 
We decided to meet up and pitch ten ideas each for possible show concepts. I feel a bit shy. Yeah, well, it'll be shy for a while. The goal is to end up with one that we all want to write. Our idea that we settle on might be three of our ideas put together, Correct. or none of the ideas, yeah. and something might emerge. Exactly. Um, so we're 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 pretty open right now. Are we allowed to laugh at each other? Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Good, good. <laughs> Especially at. Yeah. <laughs> at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can ask questions, mm-hmm. poke holes. Yeah. And make fun of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Don't make fun of mine. <laughs> I'll be honest. Of my ten ideas, there was only one that I was really excited about. It's a high concept idea about people evolving in the water, and it has a real scientific basis. It's known as the aquatic ape hypothesis. It's got everything I like. We get to create a whole world for characters to live in. It's an adventure. It's got relationships, but I didn't want to open with it. I wanted to save it until I was sure everybody was in the right mindset. A writer's room can sometimes be like a chess match. Okay, so we get into it. Yeah, let's go around the horn though. And the ideas began to flow. This one's called Red Rover. So this idea would be that. In kind of a reverse faking the moon landing, the rover gets to Mars. We see everything that we expect, which is nothing, dirt, red. But really, there's a colony of Earthlings that already live there, and the rover has landed in their colony. They're trying to maintain a secret life, so they have to stage that there's nothing there. Oh. It's it kind of Wally meets the Martian. Mm. That's awesome. I pitched one that was about genetically modified athletes who reach their physical peak. At a younger age, but then the, the adverse of that is that they fall, they essentially disintegrate or whatever, they fall right. apart. So there's like some nefarious corporation company that's like genetically modifying these human beings and then hiding them. So then it was about a sports reporter sort of on the track of this mystery of what's going on. Like, what are they all recluses? It's like um, they're given steroids on steroids. Yeah, yeah. you put that, and that's the tagline. That's what if you put steroids on steroids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In our writer's room, we wanted to create an environment where you can say anything. But we also knew our friends would make fun of the worst ideas. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, a Maddie one. I can do one. Yeah. Case in point, Maddie had an idea about a space princess. Things are going pretty well for Ashley. She recently got engaged to the Prince of Asbira, and she gets to spend all her days with her best friend since birth, Nana, the slime creature. But when Nana is suddenly sucked into an underground tube network of indentured laborers, can Ashley find the strength to save her friend and leave her new comfortable life? Amazing. So What? (laughs) And we were also allowed to ask questions to get a better sense of the concept. What kind of world is this? Is it like a big metropolis type world? Is it like, you know, like what kind of planet are we looking at? Yeah, it's like the future with tubes. Yeah. A tube world is very exciting. Like it's very like. That is fun. Tubes. Yeah. Does she disappear? Are people looking for her? Is she doing this, like, maybe by... Like, no, it's big political big event. Political it's event. like if Princess Diana went into the tube. <laughs> if she went in. Well, the tube in, in England is yeah. the subway, but you're exactly. talking like... Imagine if Princess Diana ventured to the center of the earth to save her best friend. Okay. Well, now that's cool. That. Yeah. Sometimes the ideas were a little foggy. For example, I had an idea that posed the question... What if humans weren't the original humans? And so that's about the the aliens finally showing up and hum- humanity realizing that they weren't they, they're not original, they're like a copy of something else. And Mark helped clarify it by repeating it back to me. It's Earth as we know it. Yeah. We're suddenly visited mm-hmm. by 
aliens yes. that we find out are actually just our relatives. Yeah, our humans. Our human relatives. We were a seeded planet. Correct. Mm. Um, I like seeded planet. A seeded planet. Yeah. Is it like V, where it's like they're actually I evil? Love v. I yeah. love V. He's cool. Yeah. Maddie had an idea that made us laugh, mostly because of the character's name. When Gleebop's father gets a new brain pacemaker, he starts acting very strange. Within weeks, he's nothing like the caring father Gleebop once knew. Through espionage bravery. <laughs> but our goal is to make an earnest sci-fi show. Not a spoof, not a comedy. What is Gleebop? Gleebop or Gleebop? <laughs> and why is his name Gleebop? <laughs> it's like a yeah. future name. Because he definitely yeah. sounds like he should exist in the slime tunnels from your other <laughs> His name could be Charlie. I mean, whatever you guys want. Right. And you have to keep an open mind because some ideas might start off sounding far-fetched. Call this Goodbye Moon. Um, like Mark's pitch that had a funny title but a solid concept. Goodbye Moon. There's an asteroid going to hit the moon, and it's going to obliterate the moon, and they need, some, they need this company to stop it. And that's going to happen in 20 years. Okay. So this company gets this contract to stop this asteroid hitting the moon. So we follow the CEO and that company as they prepare and fail. So the asteroid hits the moon, and it destroys the moon. Now, it doesn't destroy the planet. It just like creates a ring of like debris around the planet. It, it, the wobble of the Earth goes wonky. Seasons get fucked up. The tides are no more. We don't have a moon um, <laughs> we had a ton of ideas Probably too many We can't play them all, but trust me Some just didn't measure up I also had this idea where A place where nobody dies Like we cured, we cured death yeah. And then the old people just pile up And they become like feral And they walk through the streets Is this the same <laughs> they idea? Kill people. Kinda, it just, right. the idea of like wild wild west yeah. Right. Like, and then um, there's like a, there's a problem with stampedes, either old people or horses. <laughs> and from the ideas we liked, none of them really grabbed us. So we remember Jem's advice. I'll jot down all these ideas, but I don't really start working on them until I can find like a hook. She said she can tell an idea is good when she figures out who the protagonist is, what their journey is, and why it's different. And protagonist-wise, what are we thinking? We looked at some of our pitches to see if a protagonist would emerge. So who would be a good protagonist for the sports reporter idea? For me, the protagonist is the sports reporter, <laughs> Newsflash, uh, trying to make a name for themselves. Maybe Red Rover. Okay, so I think the protagonist would be um, the person who is not necessarily in charge of the settlement that's on Mars, but is in charge. Well, obviously, Gleebop is the star of this Obviously. One. And... It was a good exercise, but nothing really sparked us. So we decided to keep pitching ideas. And Mark came to the table with a really fun concept about trying to reach a distant planet using something called a generational ship. And that is when you put up somebody on a, uh, you put like a group of people on a spaceship and then they have kids and then those kids have kids. And by the time they're like the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, those are the people that arrive at the destination. So you have like generations of people mm -hmm. dying off. In this one, there'd be two ships. They're flown separately. They're not to touch each other. Right. The offspring of these ships are going to be the seedlings of the planet they're reaching. So they have to maintain mm -hmm. complete autonomy on the ship. And then, so something happens. One of them breaks down and they have to like in space, like intermingle. The show would take place at the 11th hour in the middle of space, whatever this like the 17th generation in to the voyage. And then something goes wrong. They're off the plan. They're off the plan. 
Mm-hmm. Just like you're a little off the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're off the plan. Yeah. And with the room settled and everyone in a good sci-fi frame of mind, it finally felt like the right time to share my water idea. Okay, so this one is... So there's some scientists believe that humans actually had an aquatic stage of development. And that's why there's some of these curious characteristics of, like, hairlessness mm. and uh, the buoyancy of human breasts. And so <laughs> it's part of the science. Okay. A little bit of laughter, but that's fine. It's part of the science. <laughs> um, but, like, so imagine, like, dolphins and whales, they were all on land. And then they went into the water and they became water creatures. So imagine 2021, humans have developed aquatically. So we don't breathe. We're still mammals, but we're like dolphin people. Mm -hmm. And now we're coming up on land to explore the land the way we explore the water. Right. So where does merpeople factor into this? We are kind of our merpeople. We're like more merpeople, but instead of being half fish, we're like half dolphin. Yeah, we're more dolphin because we'd be like, what would that look like? I don't know. Well, we would be full dolphin. Like, except, like, so we'd probably right? still talk. So, like, for the purpose oh, we of the show, we'd talk. still talk. Oh, okay. So, we wouldn't be like, well, ah, 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 ah. maybe we'd do that a little bit. All right. They're asking questions. That's good. That means they're intrigued. Would, they want to know more. Like but we would just talk in water to each other. <laughs> we probably have to have some sort of like, <laughs> well, but like, yeah, so, like, but like the technology has evolved along with us. So, we right. are like 2021 20, humans, but we're just water humans. Mm hmm. I didn't have all the answers, but I'm pretty good at thinking on my feet. And they would have like shops, like, they would yeah. have. Yeah, Every, everything you got on land, you got in water. So people go to the land for like a vacation? Maybe. But then the laugh started coming. Like, is there any conflict or is it just... Tons of conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like with, with the studio. Uh. <laughs> and if we're trying to come up with a non-comedy premise, then the idea that got the biggest laugh is probably not the idea that's going to get chosen. But what even is a good idea? With all of these ideas to choose from, we're going to need some more help. Hi, I'm Catherine Winder. I'm the CEO, executive producer of Wind Sun Sky Entertainment. I'm also the executive producer on Invincible, the Robert Kirkman comic book that's been adapted for Amazon Prime. Son, we need to talk. What I'm about to tell you will change everything. Catherine's TV credits go back 25 years. She even produced Star Wars The Clone Wars and worked directly with George Lucas. We would be remiss at uh, doing a science fiction-based podcast and not pick your brain a little bit about George working with George Lucas or in close proximity to one of the, if not biggest, science fiction creators we have on the planet. Any Anything the world should know about George Lucas. Now, I'm still under, I'm under a lifetime NDA, I think. I don't, I don't know. Can you break, yeah, can you, can you give us a scoop? No, listen, working with George, he is somebody who has a very clear vision and can get deep, deep into the weeds, frame by frame, to ensure that those he's working with understands where he wants to go. We wanted to know how she recognizes a good idea. As a producer and an executive who, who is always looking for properties, ultimately there's got to be, a, there's, there's a gut reaction because I've seen enough to um, have a sense of what has a shot. I typically wouldn't go forward and spend a lot of energy on something that doesn't have a passionate, clear, uh, distinct vision. The main reason is, as you guys will discover 
as you're on this path and journey of creating your science fiction show. It's a long, long, windy road with ups and downs and truly a, a marriage of sorts with the team you're involved with. And if there's not somebody with a clear passion, championing and driving this forward through the thick and thin and the craziness you're going to find yourself in, you shouldn't be doing it. Okay, well, that's the end of our podcast. I guess we're all ready. (laughs) (laughs) Since our way of making this project is so unusual, going from nothing to agreeing on an idea as a group and then building our show out from there, she had one more piece of advice. Well, a a group effort is also just, you know, a different way of working and, and just can be just as effective assuming everyone's able to put their egos on the shelf and and uh, agree that the best idea wins. It doesn't matter whose idea it was or is. It matters that what's best for the greater good. The best idea wins. The best idea wins. So with that in mind, we met up the next day to determine the best idea. I'll just jump right in. I was thinking a lot about Goodbye Moon. What's interesting to me about that is that it's about procrastination and screwing up, and it's a very human problem. I liked the twin ships idea. Remember that one? That was fun, where like suddenly they were like, Mm -hmm. they're generational starships, which is fun. It feels contained, that one, Mm -hmm. which I like. We also liked another idea. The one where Earth is visited by aliens, but it turns out the aliens are actually the original humans. You know, and it could be nowadays. (laughs) And they're coming back to check on us, and they're not happy. You have done very badly on Earth. Now, we really like this idea, but we just couldn't stop comparing it to another show. Yeah, V. Like V, yes, exactly. V was a 2009 TV series based on a 1980s miniseries about a group of powerful, human-looking aliens who come to Earth under mysterious circumstances. I'm Anna, leader of the visitors. Thank you again for welcoming us to your world. Now, that's where the similarities end. But still, we can't stop calling our show V. 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 Our version of V. (laughs) Which has has nothing to do with V. (laughs) I'm sure you've noticed there was one idea that's suspiciously absent from our conversation. My favorite, water people. Like That would be like a tricky road to navigate as comedians, like... Well, there's so many opportunities for jokes about what I just brought up. Like yeah. it's yeah. that we imagine the humans went in the water and they stayed there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they have water cars and water yeah. cities. I mean, and it's like, almost but, like, but, I, yeah, it's Can almost you, too funny. To I think not I would only watch comedy. that show as a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's baffling to me that they would never have gone to land before this well, time. But I think you can build that into spirituality, religious, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. maybe there's like some like cultural things that kept them off the land, you know, like that built into their, almost into their don't, DNA. Don't go to the land. You know, that's bad. Yes, <laughs> I do like the idea of like such a world building thing. We get to come up with religions mm-hmm. and languages and like cultures, and that's fun. It seems like it would yeah. be a shame not to be a comedy. It'd be very hard to not just. It would be know, so hard to not do jokes. It's, it's every time I think about it, I smile. <laughs> if we're adhering to the rule, the best idea wins, then Water People is out. But I don't think this is the last time we'll be hearing of this concept. So we narrowed down the list to three ideas. Goodbye Moon, Twin Ships, and V. Not V, but our V. 
We took these ideas and we decided to sleep on them. To truly take some time and ruminate on what would make the best possible choice for this project. We thought about Jem's advice. Which idea has the best hook? Something that's unique about it. And we thought about Catherine's advice. Which idea has a... A passionate, clear, distinct vision. And we all met up the next day to decide. I wrote little pros and cons for every single one of them. I didn't, but I, but I think I know in my brain. Goodbye, moon. Pro. We got no moon. And that is a, a good premise. That's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine um, some cutscenes where people are trying to have a romantic evening and they can't make it happen. Because yeah. there's no moon. <laughs> yeah, that whole that's amore would be yeah. like a shit song now. Yeah, when the moon hits your eye, it's out. So in your idea, <laughs> the, the show's pro is that you imagine a scene, a comedy scene, where there's a couple who are like, "Oh, we can't be romantic because yeah. of our moon is gone." Okay, pro, you'd be watching a movie in this world, and you'd be yeah. like, "Wow." Look at that. You, you can tell the date of this movie. It's, it's dated because there's a moon in yeah, the shot. Like your like your pros sound like cons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but to speak on Goodbye Moon, I love Goodbye Moon, but I do think I would feel wanting to do like funny, you know what I mean? Like a lot would, of would you comedic feel scenes. As wanting as. I mean, I, obviously, you can't get into my brain and know how wanting I do. I want comedy scenes in the in the Water People one that we're not doing. Oh, water People, but do, would you feel that compelled? <laughs> what would they call themselves, the Water People? Aquans. Yeah, <laughs> we are Aquans. We are Aquans. But that's Aquans. what like a land person would call it. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so, but I I don't know exactly what it is because you're right. Like Water People is funnier, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I would still be able, I think, to. You separate would, myself. I, I yeah. water people's I, yeah. less funny than yeah. Goodbye Moon. I yeah. do too. You both are in. S- I literally not right. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I yeah. I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. I could write. Um, I could more easily write an Ernest Water People script <laughs> than that's, an Ernest. I can't I believe that's absurd. Yeah. That is absurd. So season one is the end of the season. The moon gets blown up, or the pilot. I would say. The moon gets I would say episode up. three. The moon gets blown up, or the pilot. Yeah. And what happens in the last episode of the season? New moon. <laughs> well they maybe might like they might be like let's put a new we got to get a new moon up there they might yeah something might need to happen yeah that is like, pretty funny yeah, see you know? everything's yeah. funny well fair enough um i just adamantly disagree <laughs> <laughs> okay v v uh, or our version of V. I like how we. I know it's just V. Huge con for V is that we have <laughs> never come up with an idea yeah. that was well, V, and we call it V. The big per, the big con is yeah, V exists. It's been done twice. <laughs> but this, the, the only comparison is that it's suddenly it's like weird that the human that it's humans that show up. But in our V, it's, the, it's, it's, it's explained that, in fact, humanity isn't humanity. But here's the reason why we keep calling it V. Can we call it RV? Our... <laughs> in, in our V, yes. um, the humans don't have any – there's no conflict. Between, you know what I mean? Like it would just be misunderstandings. Like once again, quite a comedic idea where it's like you guys are just a little bit different, you know? Well, v, the, the reason we want to call it V is because that makes sense. There are lizard people. Eventually they're going to try and take over. Eventually there's, you know, these I, conspiracy theories that are right. Well, the humans who show up do have faster than light travel. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If they have faster than light travel, they show up, they – have everything like once you have something like that you've like control you control your universe and like they're yeah. 
and like they can or they showed up in a generational ship and it's like well they'd be so tired so and stuck. so yeah. sweaty and you're who we came to see yeah they'd be hilarious. like can we empty yeah. our toilet hilarious that's the issue <laughs> can we empty <laughs> our toilet <laughs> you could have done this the whole way <laughs> can we get our can we empty our toilet here please <laughs> that's why it's called oh. RV why do you need to empty <laughs> that's why it's called <laughs> we eliminated goodbye moon we eliminated our V and so we only had one choice left is there a reason this was saved for last that's our producer, Dave. Yes. Yes, 100%. This is my favorite idea. It's my favorite idea. It's my, it's my favorite idea. Also. Your favorite idea? Twin ships. Two generational ships that have been flying to a new planet for hundreds of years, forbidden from ever interacting. And then something happens that forces them to meet in deep space. We don't know what that event is, and we never actually talked about a protagonist, but this is the idea that jumped out to all of us. It's my favorite idea. I love it. I love it. This is my pros list. This is the, long, the only one that had like more than one, one pro or con. Oh, that's telling. I love the, I love it all. I love the built-in mystery of the second ship, if that's how we go with it. You know, if that becomes an integral part of the story. I love the idea of generational ships that like, you know, what kind of culture could have developed on this ship for 800, 1,000 years? Would they even know they're on a ship? Like all the, the family dynamics that are built into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in space. The cons, it's been done a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been done a lot in science fiction. It's been done so much. Not like TV-wise necessarily, but a little bit. But like in books, it's like all over the place. That's the biggest con for me. My favorite things about gen- this uh, generational ship idea is that I think it would be interesting to live in a world where some bi- that that actually was designed, you know for sure, by humans. Mm-hmm. The, they're far removed from the person that did design it, mm-hmm. you know? But they mm-hmm. get to think about that person and be like, oh, when he built this ship, did he think that we were going to do this or that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. you almost get a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, like... Because um, from what I read, like, you'd have to grow your own food on a generational ship. Like, it almost has, like, this kind of, like, fun world building thing, which is, like, how does everything work? How does their water work? Also, like, people being like, are we going to be the generation to get there? Exactly. Are we not? Are we ever going to get there? Yeah. Are we ever going to get there? What what is this? And, like, being born on a spaceship is like, fuck you, mom and dad. Yeah, totally. Thanks Thanks. for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I imagine a lot of good teen angst on this ship. Yeah. And, like, the factions. Like, eventually... You give humans 800 years, yeah. they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Like, you totally. know what I mean? Like, yeah. then we like, we are at war with mm-hmm. the people in the front part yeah. of the ship. I love and all it's that. in space. Like, wh- and why, we should space. do a show in space. That's yeah. fun. The in spaceness is what's. It's a spaceship. It's a spaceship. It's doing space, space things. Yeah. yeah. And like, there's lots to fill in there, but that's mm-hmm. basically. That's the idea. This is the one that we all like. So I think we have to go with it as the idea. This is the idea. That's the idea. Now we just have to write it. Yeah, let's just talk about, like, everything that needs to happen. So much. So what's next? Characters. Mm -hmm. Story. I would love to draw the ship. Over the course of this podcast, you're going to hear us as we build a world, create compelling characters, plot out a space adventure, and above all else, take it seriously. The people on the ship have blue skin. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have Neil deGrasse Tyson fact check our science. Why are you doing this? Have you already identified another Earth? Rain Wilson from The Office is going to dive into our dialogue. Is it supposed to be funny that he keeps calling her number two? Yeah, so that stood out a lot to (laughs) me, hearing it out loud. Mm -hmm. And writers from Firefly and Star Trek will help us navigate what it all means. You know, what what is this about? What is the sort of capital A about? And in the finale, you're going to hear the pilot episode of our sci-fi show. We will cast real-life actors to perform the script, no matter how it turns out. How hard could it be? Actually, it's pretty hard. Here's a clip of it being quite hard. 
Is it too late to change the idea entirely? What a bombshell. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next time on Let's Make a Sci-Fi as we talk to the creator of District 9 to help us build the world of our show. And then we spend a full day drawing a spaceship. Okay, so that's an apartment building on its side with (laughs) thrusters. Fire coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Make a Sci-Fi is a production of Kelly and Kelly and CBC Podcasts. Hosted by Maddie Kelly, Mark Chavez, and Ryan Beal, and created by Kelly and Kelly with development from Ryan Beal. This episode is written and produced by Dave Shimka, Chris Kelly, and Max Collins. Jeff Turner is the senior producer, and Arif Nurani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly. Special thanks to Jem Gerard and Catherine Winder. Did you enjoy the pilot episode of Let's Make a Sci-Fi? If so, episode two is live right now in the Let's Make a Sci-Fi feed. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.